welcome to Whatever the Case, Stryker's official ASC podcast, which features interviews with leading experts in the ASC space, focused on the clinical, operational, and financial considerations that go into ASC ownership. We hope to bring you valuable perspectives and insights to enhance your understanding of the ASC market, because whatever the case, we've got you covered. We are joined today by Becky Farmer, the CEO of the Center for Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, an independent orthopedic group in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and serving the greater Chattanooga area. Becky has been the CEO of the Center for Sports Medicine and Orthopedics since 2000, and in addition to running a very successful orthopedic practice, she also serves on the board of directors for the Ortho Forum. So welcome, Becky. Um, If you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm excited to be here today with you. Yes, I uh, work with the Center for Sports Medicine in Chattanooga um, and with an amazing group of surgeons, uh, independent, and we have 11 clinics. We have um, six traditional physical therapy locations, two additional therapy locations specific to um, the athlete. We have the full gamut of ancillaries, MRI, PT, um, and everything. And we've just recently opened um, an expanded surgery center in July of 2023, which we're very excited about. That's the reason for our podcast today. We are um, going to be talking with Becky about the process of building a brand new center, um, moving from old center to new center, and really what that process entailed. So thanks for the background, Becky. And we're just going to kind of jump right in. So talk to us about your old center. So at our old center, um, the building was roughly 13,000 square feet with five um, rooms. It was built back in the 80s. So the rooms were very small. It was built as a multi-specialty center. So we really only had one room that was of a larger size that was really ideal for um, some of the bigger orthopedic cases. We were completely maxed out in our old center. Um, When we um, were there, we could average about 450 cases as an absolute max being um, orthopedic cases and um, non-operative pain cases. So um, we took over or we started with a health system where they had 51% ownership and we had 49% um, until November of 2019, at which time we bought out the health systems 51% so that we were 100% wholly owned by our physician group. And in a CON state, that was quite an accomplishment. Um, At that time, frankly, I was really nervous about managing a surgery center because I had not had a lot of experience with that. So we used um, a management company. And what we, you know, fairly quickly determined is um, for us that having that in-house and managing it for ourselves was very, it was not only doable, it was so much better all around. So for example, when we brought everything in-house, we only increased our case volume by about 97 within a six-month period when we were looking, you know, year over year, looking at six months versus six months. But our net income increased by 1.1 million and our patient revenue and collections increased by 1.4 million. So, you know, for us, that was a good decision. And we then just aligned with um, some consultants to help us as we continue to learn. Yeah, that's a really great story going from being majority owned by a health system, buying them out, then you know embarking on partnering with a management company, learning quickly that your group had the competency to kind of bring it in-house and just partner with consultants where you needed it and um, now managing it completely on your own. So um, that's an awesome story. Thank so you, you obviously um, outgrew that old surgery center um, and the group decided it's time to build new. So talk to us about your new center. Our new center is 37,500 square feet. Honestly, it looks like a small hospital when driving by. Um, from the interstate. In our old center, we, we had two very busy surgeons who could not operate in our facility. And our, we were just so incredibly constrained with, you know, cases that we couldn't bring. So we actually went from five rooms to 10 rooms. 
Um, several of my colleagues called and said we had lost our mind going to 10 mm -hmm. rooms. Um, but so far, it, it has been a very good decision for us. Our physicians do choose to flip rooms for efficiency. And so we're monitoring that block time very closely. And the difference between this center and our old center is we do own 100% of the real estate. With the old center, um, gratefully, the uh, termination of our lease or the expiration of our lease was going to align beautifully with us opening the new center. So our physicians own 100% of the real estate, which is revenue producing, and they own 100% of the operations. And so with the first full month of cases in August, we completed 692 cases and are just growing from there. That's great. And I mean, aside from just needing more physical space, what other motivations did the group have to building that new center? So for us, um, many orthopedic cases in particular that were only approved for the hospital historically began being approved for an ASC setting. Um, almost always an ASC setting is more cost efficient um, in terms of just overall cost for a case. <clears throat> for us, COVID taught us what we could safely perform in an ASC. We had colleagues, frankly, specifically within the ortho forum that were doing total joints in an ASC long before we were. Um, but the, the pandemic uh, just out of necessity taught us a lot of things. The insurance companies are really um, having a laser focus on side of service guidelines which makes it very important to have an ASC solution for orthopedics. And then for us in particular, we're very interested in providing services to self-insured employers in our area. They represent more than 51% of the employers in our area. And so by having a wholly owned surgery center and um, all, all aspects of orthopedics offered on the practice side, we can provide a comprehensive approach to our, our self-insured employers in town and provide bundles for surgeries, which they're very interested in to cover the facility, the physician and anesthesia in just one, one payment. The location of the old center also did not allow for, you know, at least two of our surgeons to be able to practice. So when we were choosing the site, we tried to keep that in mind too, with current constraints, as well as with, with our growth plans, where would be the most ideal place to have that center. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Sounds like there were a lot of things um, working in your favor really interesting with the um, self-funded employers and kind of looking to bundles. Um, so would love to maybe explore that um, in a future podcast. Um, so let's talk about just some characteristics that you knew you wanted in your new center. So the first thing that comes to my mind is bigger procedure rooms for our physicians. Um, the, the space that we were in as far as the rooms were completely fine, but we knew that we wanted to be able to bring in new technology, and have, we wanted specifically to have an interactive room, at least one for our physicians to be able to teach, um, you know, anywhere in the world with video cameras and things like that. Um, we were very, very interested in being able to deploy some lean or Six Sigma processes within our facility. We've used a lot of that on our practice side and, and seen, or, you know, we, we've been able to recognize a lot of the benefits of that, both for the patients, um, for the physicians. Um, so, but I, I keep coming back to just more space. We needed mm -hmm. more space. Yeah, and I actually was um, lucky enough to attend your grand opening event, and that is definitely something that stood out to me walking through your center is just, it, it just felt roomy. It felt incredibly spacious, even in your hallways. Um, so talk to us about kind of that focus on lean and Six Sigma principles. Sure. So uh, one of the things, this may seem very simplistic, but we tried to analyze our daily processes and how we could, you know, frankly, just even eliminate steps with our staff of, um, you know, how we do things. So for example, we chose not to have cabinetry in the actual ORs to stock our supplies. We chose to have rolling cabinets that could um, be rolled along our back hallway where we stored everything. And they would fill those cabinets at the beginning of the day or, you know, beginning of the morning and beginning of the afternoon, and then just be able to roll the cabinets into the room. We got a lot of very positive feedback from our staff about that. Mm -hmm. um, and then just placing certain things within our facility to be cognizant of steps that the patient would have to take. We have certain areas where 
the, the ORs and the, the pre-op areas are very, very close to the waiting room for patients that are coming in for total joint replacement because we know mobility can be a big issue for them and just getting, you know, from one place to another. So we try to consider a lot of the things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So if we think about your process um, from start to finish, how long did it take to complete this project? From groundbreaking to actual ribbon cutting, um, it was a 13-month process. Um, honestly, I whenever they told, uh, whenever our um, architect told us that we would be in the building by July of 2023, frankly, I didn't believe it based on the size of the facility. And I planned mm-hmm. a, um, an anniversary trip with my husband in June, which as we were getting closer and closer to the end of this project, I realized that that trip was going to have to be canceled because we mm-hmm. were going to be moving equipment and we were. Um, so that was really surprising to me how we stayed exactly on schedule with that. The slowest part of the process for us was choosing the site and everything that would go into actually choosing that site and then the building design. That was roughly a 12-month process from concept to groundbreaking. Okay. Um, so after you had the site chosen, were there any other parts of the process that took longer than expected? Um, I wouldn't say longer than expected because for me, when we chose our architect and our project manager, they had so many of these projects in their past that they guided us with what to expect. And we were dealing in our project with really long lead times on a lot of things that we were ordering. So, you know, through their guidance, and they told us we needed to go ahead and get our generator ordered before we even closed on our loan, because it was going to be a 12 month lead time just on the generator. And that was exactly what came down to the wire um, Mm -hmm. for us is getting that generator delivered. So um, not necessarily took longer than expected, but just, you know, making sure that you're anticipating those type of things. Yeah. And it sounds like you had some great partners who really helped you kind of foresee any challenges, long lead times, um, and really set you up for what, what was to come. We actually, we did. And I, um, I'm really, really, you know, proud to say that we chose, um, Steve device with Somerset as our project manager. Um, we were led to them through other orthopedic forum groups that had used them. And, um, he was able with all of his, he has an entire team was really able to guide us from the beginning, even in choosing an architect. Um, so every every aspect along the way, we just, I can't I can't express enough how important it is to align with the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And talk to us then about um, anything that maybe was unex- unexpected or unanticipated and kind of how you navigated through that um, with your project team. Sure. So I would not wish this on my worst enemy, but we had the very last week of December 2022, we had a cold snap that came through uh, the South and we had major, major water problems as a result of, you know, water pops busting in the middle of the night. We had 70% of our existing surgery center flooded. So we had to close that last week of December. Um, By having contractors in place and working on our new facility, BBL and associates, our, our architects were able to move some of those contractors over but of course, my mind immediately went to what's this going to do to the timeline of our new ASC? What, you know, what's this going to do to us? Um, they helped us in managing this so well that we were able to not have any delay in, in our opening from what they originally projected. And they managed having contractors on site at both facilities to help with that cleanup and to get us going. The second thing I would say that we had that was unexpected or unanticipated is we were moving as opposed to just building a brand new center. So Mm-hmm. We had to get our address changed within the Medicare system. And um, in, I, I'm 100% sure that Medicare did this at exactly on target and on time. I was very, very nervous because what I found out is that we could not schedule our state inspection until that address had been changed in Medicare. And we got down to the wire of being able to get that state inspection done in such a time that we could open when we had planned on July the 5th. 
So I would just say my, my recommendation would be find out those things in advance as much as you can and try to anticipate those and get started early. Mm -hmm. So kind of in that same vein, just kind of thinking about lessons learned, what are some other you know lessons learned in this project that you could share with others who are thinking about or currently going through it? So as I said before, um, just pick the right partners um, for, for every aspect of this. We chose um, Somerset, Steve Device's team to manage our project. Some people look at the price tag on that and think, oh goodness, you know, do we really need this? And I would say your CEO, if there anything, if it's anything like my job, already has a full-time job and I do not have experience in building ASC. So these people will more than pay for themselves. They helped us um, choose our architect. And, you know, frankly, we had a lot of relationships with architects locally that really wanted to build that building. But we were able by expanding and, and dealing with an, an, an absolute professional on the project management side, we were able to be introduced to BBL and associates who had basically just incredible medical building knowledge and had built a lot of ASC. So we think that that helped us. We actually, through all of their guidance, we only missed one day of surgery. We stopped doing our last surgery in our old center on Friday, June the 30th. We were closed and missed doing surgery on Monday, July the 3rd. We had the holiday on July the 4th and we started our new cases on Wednesday, July the 5th. So I think that's a huge success story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that is quite unheard of mm -hmm. today, especially with um, just supply chain and contractors and everything that you hear. We hear a lot of the negatives when it comes to building a new center, um, but really yeah. awesome to hear that yeah. your operations were virtually uninterrupted. Yes, um, it's great. also just really important to understand what it's going to take to get your physician, uh, to get your facility credentialed with the payers. I hear a lot of horror stories um, with other colleagues who are building uh buildings that they didn't get started early enough with their credentialing. And so they're having to pick and choose cases that they can bring to their center while they're waiting on those contracts to be finalized. So mm -hmm. I would say start on that very early. I mean, plan on six months or more for that. And then make sure that you become educated very early on all the inspections that are going to be required by the state and by Medicare. And then try to prepare and schedule those inspections months in advance if they will let you because it gives you a target date. And that also gives you the ability to get to know the people in those offices because they helped us tremendously um, with understanding things that were kind of gotchas with other facilities in the past so that we could avoid those things. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks for sharing um, your perspective and kind of your advice on those things. I think that's really helpful. So we are going to kind of segue into your partnership with Stryker. Um, so can you just talk to us a little bit about the relationship um, with Stryker prior to building your new center and kind of how it's evolved and how Stryker was part of this process? Sure. In our old center, we didn't have, um, we didn't specifically align with one vendor. Often it was specialty related, meaning, you know, sports medicine versus total joints versus spine, you know, could, could align with different vendors. Um, we wanted to explore all the options with our current vendors to assess what best aligned with our vision and our needs for the new center. And the physicians agreed that they were going to go into this with an open mind and really understand those offerings. We learned or we, I felt like from the very beginning that Stryker locked arms with us from the very first conversations. We were set up for a site visit um, to San Antonio Orthopedics. So I went on that site visit, our administrator and one physician. Um, and because of the location, San Antonio Orthopedics is also part of the orthopedic forum. And so we have really strong relationships with that group just in having known them for so many years. So Sonny and Chris, who work there, gave, gave us instant credibility um, when we learned of their partnership with Stryker. So this was absolutely the perfect site for our group. I could see where it would have been overwhelming to a smaller group just because it is just such an awesome facility. But for us, Stryker did an incredible job choosing the right place for us to go to be able to, for our physician in particular, to be able to see a surgery center that was operating as, you know, with a striker par partnership. And it was really, really an impressive ASC. One of the things I know that can drive physicians and administrators alike just insane is whenever there's really strong and aggressive sales reps. We did not find that um, 
as we were, you know, exploring these types of relationships. And one example that I can give you that was really meaningful to me is when we were trying to make the decision for the Mako robot. We had physicians in the group that said, we absolutely have to do this. We've got to have it. And we had other physicians in the group that frankly didn't use, you know, they weren't familiar with using the robot. It wasn't their specialty. They were like, gosh, this is an expensive piece of equipment or, you know, do we really need to do that? And Stryker immediately aligned within our program that we could rent this for a period of time so that it gave the physicians that said, we've got to have it, the ability to, to know that, yes, we really need this in the facility, but also for the ones that would never use it to see that it's not just going to be something that would sit in the corner because we, uh, we had another robot in our facility that frankly wasn't being used. So mm-hmm. we just saw those things that, you know, where Stryker would come in, they learned who we were and how we operated. And just like I said, locked arms with us. We were assigned to Keith Nag, um, who's been an amazing partner throughout this entire journey from the very beginning. He helped us understand how that asset purchasing program, our SEA worked. And he also learned how we were doing things in our existing facility at the time and helped us anticipate the growth um, and our volume so that we knew how to set up our program to be successful. And he's continued, Strikers let him continue to stay with us um, to help us with now as we're having to buy additional instrumentation and, and with our reporting back to the physicians. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm happy to hear that um, it's been a great experience so far, um, and we certainly appreciate um, the partnership and and support. Becky, this has been an awesome conversation. Really appreciate everything that you've shared, lessons learned, really what the group went through. Um, Sounds like there's just been so much um, thought into this process, really dotting all of your I's, crossing your T's. Um, Can't wait to follow the success of your new ASC. Um, So in closing, just hoping that you could share any last advice for those um, undergoing a new build ASC, potentially expanding, maybe like you guys moving from a smaller, older center to a new state-of-the-art facility. What's something in closing that you could offer? I think the single biggest piece of advice that I would give is to find a project management team that specializes in ASC building projects. You know, again, we have full-time jobs as CEOs and they'll pay for themselves from the site choice all the way through to furniture vendors at the very end, and then become educated on the vendor options that you have and try to get the physicians to be on the same page. Um, We as CEOs often joke that it's like herding cats, but they will come together with this. One example that I I witnessed with my eyes in the last two weeks is we were making a a really expensive decision for some additional instrumentation. And we had the trays laid out, the physicians decided they wanted to meet and look at those trays that Stryker had recommended. And they went through every single instrument to say, yes, we need this, no, we don't need this. Yes, we need this, no, we don't need that. And I, I, I dare say, that, that wouldn't necessarily happen in a hospital when you've got multiple um, multiple groups that are going to be using the instrumentation whenever the, the dollars being spent aren't coming out of the physician's dollars. Um, and I guess just in closing, I would say it's really, really beneficial to have skin in the game. And I'm a very firm believer that physicians need to be driving our healthcare decisions. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Becky. This has really been an enjoyable conversation and we appreciate you joining us on our podcast. Thank you for having me. Opinions expressed in this podcast are her own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Stryker. To learn more about Stryker's ASC business, visit www.stryker.com/asc.